Welcome back to another edition of the Champs Corner podcast featuring Mark Jennings. I'm your host, Drew Champlin. Please search and subscribe for the Champs Corner podcast on Apple, Google, any podcast platform. We've got a lot to talk about today. As you know, the SEC has passed a resolution that says they have the, the schools have the opportunity to sell alcohol at football games. And so far, Alabama has decided they're not going to do that. We'll talk to Mark Jennings about that. Alabama has also picked up several new commitments since we last chatted in both sports, football, and basketball. Before we get to that, let me introduce my co-host, Mark Jennings. Mark, how are you doing? Drew, it's the summer months. Uh, things are slowing down in the sports world for some people, but not for me. I've been busy breaking down film. I'm getting ready for this upcoming football season, Drew. I got some of the best athletes in the country I'm planning to go see at the high school level. I, I cannot wait to see where they attend college, and I can't wait to get their senior film, do, Drew. And I've, I'm already breaking all down the junior film. So I've been, I've been busy up the wall, Drew. I apologize for not being able to be on a podcast in a while, but uh, I'm doing fantastic, Drew. How are you doing? I'm doing great, and I know the SEC lifted its ban on in-stadium alcohol sales. It's effective this fall. They did this at the spring meetings. It goes into effect August 1st, and uh, <clears throat> this this was announced, I believe it was May 31st, down at Sandestin. And, Mark, uh, how much did you have to do with, with you know this happening? Didn't you speak to some some administrators at the spring meetings, or was that just a Skype call or something like that? Uh, I, I talked to some administrators, Drew, and, and frankly, this is an area where uh, Mr. Byrne and I disagree. Uh, he, he had already announced that uh, there would be no alcohol served at, at Bryant-Denny Stadium, but I'm here to tell everybody that's listening to this podcast, that is 100% untrue. I've been in conversation with Mr. Sankey about this, and uh, thanks to the influence I have and the relationships I have with people in the SEC office, uh, Mr. Sankey has given me permission. Uh, to sell my my alcohol infused dipping dots. So coming up this fall, that hot weather, you're looking for a little ice cream. We're looking for a refreshment. Uh, looking for you know something to take the edge off a little bit. Maybe it's a close game. I'm gonna have some alcohol infused dipping dots ready to go at Bryant Denny Stadium. I know what Mr. Burns said. He said that to uh, to everybody out there that that you know we can't sell. Apparently, he doesn't want Bud Light and, 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 and all those types of beers and alcohol liquors up there. But um, I, I th- with the permission of Mr. Sankey, I'm going to have my alcohol-infused Dippin' Dots. It's going to be on a secret menu. I'm not going to sell it explicitly. You're not going to see it often up there like the cookie dough and the rainbow flavors. Uh, there's going to be a secret menu I have to ask for. But we're going to sell alcohol-infused Dippin' Dots, through, and I think it's a fantastic idea. I'm so glad I came up with it, Drew, and I'm looking to make a lot of money this season with my dipping dots man mark uh, that's really exciting and i know you and mr Byrne have your weekly calls has this strained your relationship any the butting heads over alcohol sales well he is not happy that i went over his head uh our discussions have been pretty heated uh originally he told me i couldn't but again i went over his head and he's not happy about that i guess he he believes in the chain of command uh, but yeah, I'm a, I'm a profit maximizer, Drew. I'm a successful entrepreneur. You know, I've, uh, sometimes you got to break the bend the rules a little bit to make a lot of money, as I, as you can tell from my life. So uh, I've hired a bunch of high school kids to help serve uh, the alcohol and these dipping dots. Uh, they've been doing a lot of taste tests for me. Uh, they've already gone through training, and they're gonna be ready to go in the fall to serve you guys some uh, some delicious dipping dots. 
All right. And obviously Alabama doesn't have a home game for a few more months, but do you have any more details? Are you trying to keep it close to the vest up until um, <clears throat> up until that, that first home game of the season? And then obviously are you planning on having more dip and dot stands around the student section with this news? Well, every year we go in and we try to figure out we uh you know try to figure out the best way to the dip and dot placements. We don't want to have uh what we don't want is to have so many carts. The carts are cannibalizing each other and taking money away from the other carts. But we do look to have a, a more of a, a presence near the student section uh, because of the new alcohol flavored dip and dots that we're going to have. So uh, the answer is I can't say that for certain, but potentially that's the way it looks like it's going to be. We're going to go through it in the weeks leading up to the game. We're going to have all that finalized. All right. And if you are, are, are you fully staffed now or, or are there any more openings if any other interns or enterprising young students would like to come work for you? No, we already got, I mentioned this earlier, Drew, we already got the high school kids ready to go. Uh, they've been helping us with the alcohol and few dipping dots and doing the taste tests and telling us which flavors they like the best. So we're going to be ready to go for the fall. Uh, they're going to be out there serving, be able to give recommendations for uh, the, the people that are buying the alcohol infused dipping dots. That's really exciting. I can't wait to talk to you more about this. As we get closer to time, I know you'll have some more detailed instructions on how, you know, patrons can get the alcohol infused dip and dots, but this is a good start. So I know for the hundreds of thousands, millions of you guys that are listening, you're all going to be at Bryant Denny stadium this fall. Just keep that in your back pocket, keep that in or keep your money for that in your back pocket. Keep this in the back of your mind. It's going to be a pretty fun atmosphere at Bryant Denny stadium this fall. So Mark, are you ready to talk about some recruits or did you have anything else to say about the dip and dots? That's all for now, Drew. I'm going to have some more announcements once we get uh, closer to uh, football season here in the first game coming up in the first week of September. Good deal. So Alabama has gotten a few commitments on the football side. I believe we're going to talk about five of them uh, since we last had a podcast and then another basketball transfer. Uh, Coach Nate Oates gets his man, Javon Quinterly, from Villanova. He, he played his freshman year at Villanova. He's from New Jersey. He is a point guard who was a five-star recruit coming out of the class of 2018 struggled last year but his name was originally mentioned uh, he was linked to the FBI investigation surrounding a, a coach from Arizona and him being offered or taking money it was proven he didn't do that but then he decided he wanted to transfer after last year he has landed at Alabama and it gives coach Oates another ball handler another big time player I think Mark and He's going to – Alabama's going to apply to see if they can get a waiver for him to play right away. Normally, the undergraduate transfers have to sit out a year. Braxton Key, who left Alabama, was able to get immediately eligible at Virginia. Mark, what are you hearing about Javon Quinterly, and what kind of player is he? Well, he's 6'1", 180, fantastic offensive game. He struggled a little bit last year. Uh, he didn't get a lot of playing time. But, frankly, you know, he, with his name being linked to the FBI investigation and all the stress he was going through, all the emotional turmoil he was trying to overcome. Uh, I can't say really I'm surprised by his performance. I think he's a much better player than that. Uh, and, and frankly, you know, I know he is, it's not for certain whether he's going to be able to play this year, but I think if the NCAA has a heart, uh, they're going to let him play. Uh, and he's a big-time player. Reminds me a lot of a guy in the state of Ohio. Uh, ironically, he's from Columbus and went and played at the University of Michigan, played in the Final Four, I believe. Uh, and he came out, and he really struggled his first uh, few months of his freshman year, but came out, and by the, by the end of his freshman year, once he got a lot of playing time, a lot of playing time that Javon Quinterly didn't get, 
Uh, he started winning Big Ten Freshman of the Week awards over and over and over again. Ended up being a lottery pick in the NBA draft. Of course, I'm talking about Trey Burke, Drew. You remember Trey Burke? Is this the same Trey Burke who was the Ohio Mr. Basketball in 2011? That's the same Trey Burke, Drew. I remember going up and watching uh, him playing an Ohio All-Star game back his senior year. And really, it just uh, he was real skinny then. He's only about 170 pounds. But you could tell the skill level he had. He's going to be able to build up his body. He's going to be able to get a lot better. And frankly, I expect the same thing to do for Javon Quinley. He's going to get a little bigger, uh, put a little more muscle mass. And he's going to be ready to be a big-time SEC basketball player. Yeah, I hope he can get the the waiver for immediate eligibility. I'd love to see him playing with – with Kyra Lewis Jr., with Beetle Bolden, the grad transfer. And I know Coach Oates needed another guard to to fill out the roster and become have a more competitive team. I think I think it's a team that can be really good if they can get eligible this year. I think they can be pretty good anyway, but if they can get Quinterly eligible with Kyra Lewis, get him a good 20 or so minutes at least, I think it's going to be a, a really good Alabama team. Going over to football, Alabama has gotten several – several commitments lately and we'll just kind of go in order since they committed since our last podcast the first one Damian George this is a big guy 6'7 345 from Houston Texas offensive lineman Mark what can you tell us about Damian George well you said that he's a big guy he's 6'7 about 350 pounds my concern with Damian George is athleticism and you can get more athletic and get to college. I'm not sure he's going to be able to become more athletic or athletic enough to compete at the big-time college level, especially at a place like Alabama. Uh, certain subscription sites, not going to name them, they really overrate Texas prospects. Now, frankly, I think this is the case. Uh, I think they're trying to – my belief is they're trying to get this guy. Alabama's trying to get this guy uh, because he's teammates with elite running back Zachary Evans. He's a big-time player, uh, one of my top running backs on the board this year. Uh, that's a package deal for them. Frankly, I think if Zachary Evans ends up going elsewhere, I think uh, Damian George will too. Um, so I, I, that's, that's why I think of Damian George. Uh, I think he might be a pretty good player uh, in the SEC by the time he gets his senior year. But Alabama, that's not something that uh, uh, they're going to waste an offensive tackle spot on. So I would expect him, if Zachary Evans wants to go uh, somewhere else, that Damian George will not stay committed to Alabama. Okay. Uh- let's say he stays committed to Alabama. Do you have a player comparison for Damian George? I do, whether he stays committed to Alabama or not. Uh, you know, when I said that he's going to become a real successful, real good player his junior and senior year, uh, what he reminds me of is a guy of Atlanta, uh, plays in the SEC West, going to be a senior this year. And really, I think he'll be one of the better tackles in the SEC. Uh, of course, I'm talking about Mike Horton plays at Auburn. And really, he's going to be part of that fantastic offensive line class they have. I, I think Auburn offensive line is going to be the best offensive line in the SEC. So, Auburn's going to have a lot of strength being able to run the ball this year behind that offensive line. And, and, and Mike Horton is a guy that's going to be the anchor over there at the tackle position. Yeah, I think Auburn, five seniors coming back this year. Mike Horton's one of the starters. A couple of linebacker commits Alabama has gotten. Both of these guys were committed to Auburn at one point. Demuey Kennedy – Six three two fifteen Theodore High School down in the Mobile area. What are we? What do you know about Demuey Kennedy? Well, as you said, he's a former Auburn commitment, but he showed well for Alabama coaches at camp, and I think that's really where he got his offer. Alabama had not given him a hard offer until then, so uh, he really showed out at camp. Fantastic player. Uh, recruiting sites have him rated the top seventy prospect nationally. I think that's about right, and maybe a little higher than that. 
Uh, coming out of high school here, reminds me a lot about a guy the Pacific Northwest, uh, not recruited by any of the Pac-8 schools, makes his way to uh, the University of Minnesota in the Big Ten, uh, plays there, goes on to the NFL, and has a fantastic NFL career, uh, five or six Pro Bowls, I believe. Uh, of course, I'm talking about Carl Mecklenburg. You're a Carl Mecklenburg, Drew? Yeah, is he the guy who went from being a 12th-round draft pick in 1983 to being on the Denver Broncos' ring of fame? Is that the same Carl Mecklenburg? That's the same Carl Mecklenburg, Drew. And, frankly, I saw this guy. I thought, you know, as soon as I saw him play in college, I knew he was going to be a fantastic NFL player. And, and of course, that turned out to be true. So, uh, that's the same Carl Mecklenburg. And I watched Carl Mecklenburg play, and I watched the movie Kennedy play. And, to me, it's, it's like I'm looking at the same player. All right. And some subscription sites have Kennedy as the state's number two prospect behind Quandarius Robinson now. And he is the linebacker from Jackson Olin, another guy who's committed to Auburn at one point, decommitted. And Alabama, they've been going after him for quite a while now. And he pulled the trigger on Alabama, Jackson Olin star linebacker, Quandarius Robinson. Mark, what can you tell us about him? Well, I have, it was a number one rated linebacker in this, in, in the state of Alabama. And, Excuse me, number one prospect for Alabama, the best, obviously the best linebacker coming out of Alabama this year. He's a prototypical NFL outside linebacker. He's about 6'5", 220 pounds. He's going to be able to put around 20 to 25 more pounds on him when he gets to, uh, when he gets in that weight program. Uh, this is a fantastic player. I love his game. I love his speed. I love the way he approaches the ball. Uh, some of the subscription sites and message boards are always going to say uh, his coach, Coach Vakakis, uh, tries to steer his kids to Auburn. And frankly, I, I get offended by that because I've known Coach Vakakis for a long time. That the idea that he steers his kids to Auburn has always been incorrect, and I think the commitment of Quandarius Robinson can hopefully put those uh, nasty rumors to rest because he was committed to Auburn at one point. Uh, I discovered him when I was watching uh, TD Moultrie last year and Con- Connus Miller uh, play. So I, I, as soon as I saw this guy on the field, I knew he was going to be a fantastic player. He's a top 50 recruit nationally by the sites. I think he's a top 25 player, to be honest with you. Uh, he reminds a lot of a guy. Played in the NFL for a long time out of the state of Florida. Played at the University of Florida. First-round draft pick. Uh, had some fantastic seasons in the NFL. Uh, one of the great Ross Washington Redskins uh, really ever to play. Of course, I'm talking about Wilbur Marshall. You remember Wilbur Marshall, Drew? Yeah, uh, I, I do. Really, really was a star linebacker for Coach Pell, Coach Charlie Pell at Florida. That Wilbur Marshall. That's correct. You know, I first heard about it with my good friend uh, Chris Collinsworth. They went to the same high school, oh. uh, and so Chris Collinsworth and he was at Florida was telling me all about this kid. I needed to go see down there at his high school, and he was talking about Wilbur Marshall. So that's when I first saw him. Uh, so I've known him for a long time, and and he is just a fantastic player, and and of course not surprising me at all the type of NFL career he had. And, when I see him play, when I see Quandarius Robinson in the path, they, you know, it's, it's, it's really one of the easiest comparisons I've been able to make, Drew. All right. Alabama gets a commitment staying on the defensive side of the ball. Will Anderson out of Hampton, Georgia, 6'3", 245. What do you know about Will Anderson? 6'3", 230 pounds, that weak side defensive end. He is your pass rushing defensive end. Uh, he needs to get a lot of size on him, to be honest with you right now. He's a top 100 player by the subscription site, but I don't think he's ready to step in right now as a freshman to play or would be able to step in and play unless he puts a lot of weight on. Uh, so that's where we are right now. I think he's a top 200 player. I do like him a lot, though. I think he's got a lot of potential. 
And and when I say a lot of potential, Drew, I think he has a lot of potential to be one of the greats. He's going to have to put that work in the weight room, going to have to put that work in the film room. But if he does that, uh, we're talking about a guy who be one of the great SEC and NFL players of all time. And he reminds me a lot of a guy who wasn't that big coming out of high school, uh, weighed about 230 pounds out of the city of Chattanooga, played at the University of Tennessee. Of course, I'm talking about Reggie White, Drew. Do you remember Reggie White? Yeah, we was talking about the same Reggie White who, who started his professional career with the Memphis Showboats in the USFL. That's the same Reggie White, Drew, went on the NFL, had a lot of success with the Philadelphia Eagles and won a Super Bowl with the Green Bay Packers, Drew. So uh, when I look at uh, – excuse me, when I look at Will Anderson play, I think he's got the same type of potential that Reggie White had. All right. Uh, Xavier Hill from Olive Branch, Mississippi, big interior offensive lineman, is the most recent Alabama commit. We're recording this on Monday night, and uh, <clears throat> Hill committed just recently over the weekend. What, what can you tell us about Xavier Hill? Well, he's a, he's a, he's a great guy, Drew. He's a guy that you got to have on your team. These interior guys, these tough guys are going to try to, uh, you know, knock you down every play and not pick you back up. And this has a real mean streak about him on the field. And that's what I like about uh, Xavier Hill. I, I, he reminds me a lot of a guy who I admire not just because of, of what he does on the field, but really the, his, his Christian faith through and the way he acts off the field. Uh, and really just an inspiration to everybody uh, he meets and really just a leader. Uh, in terms of not just how he acts himself, but how he handles his social media. Of course, I'm talking about Laramie Tunsil, Drew. Remember Laramie Tunsil? Yeah, is he the one who was drafted out of Ole Miss by the Dolphins? And then, uh, but yeah, his social media, he was really excited about it. Uh, on that Laramie Tunsil. That Larry Tunsil, Drew, I believe we're talking about the same person. So, winner of the Kenton Hall Trophy in 2014, two times all SEC. Uh, I have so much respect for Larry Tunsil as a man. Uh, not just for what he does on the field, but how he conducts himself off the field. And, and frankly, uh, if Xavier here, no matter what he does on the field, if he can become the type of man that Laramie Tunsil is, uh, he's going to be a real success in life, no matter what happens in his football career. All right. So big recruiting news lately. Alabama now at 21 commitments. And, you know, the, there's so many on the board for Alabama, they can only sign about five or six more as we get close to the December signing day, you know, six months from now, we're not that close, but I imagine they'll try to wrap up most of the class in December. But if there's so many guys that are projected to commit to Alabama, how do you see this, this class shaping up? I mean, when you look at the current commitment list, is there a chance that Alabama will lose some of these guys to other schools? Well, I would expect that some of the commitments that Alabama has now are not going to stick by the time signing day gets here. And, you know, Drew, I can't go on this podcast and, and, and say who they are, but I expect three to five guys off the current list. And, of course, uh, you know, I can't, I can't say, but we're looking at, uh, you know, offensive lineman from Buford, Seth McLaughlin. I just don't think it's an Alabama college player. Uh, another guy might be Javon Baker. Uh, out of the state of Georgia, that wide receiver. And, frankly, I think if you're more than one in-state player, and I can't say names, you know this, but uh, it's, within, it's within an hour of Central Alabama, it's within an hour of Dangerous Hoover. Uh, so that's all I can say about that. I think he's probably end up signing elsewhere. So, yeah, I would expect three to five guys off the current uh, commitment list to end up being off the board by the time signing day gets here. 
All right. And one guy that we talked about in an earlier podcast was D. Ricky Wright, a, an athlete, defensive athlete from Atala. He decommitted. I believe he is now committed to Ole Miss. What, what happened there, Mark? Well, he took my advice is what happened. I talk to these kids all the time. I say, look, you know, you just go on media and say you committed to Alabama. And what's going to happen is other schools are going to send you offers without being able to, or without seeing your film. So uh, that's what happened here. And I'm proud of the kid. Uh, he's now committed to Ole Miss. And frankly, I think that's a good fit for him for his ability level. All right. That'll wrap up the commitment part of the podcast. Now we're going to finish up with some questions. We have a lot of great listener questions per usual. Mark, tell everybody how they can find you on social media and email. Well, I love you guys' questions. We get so many great questions every week. It's unfortunate we can't put them all on the podcast. But if you want to find me on email, my email address is markbreaksdownfilm at AOL.com. That's one word, markbreaksdownfilm at AOL.com. If you want to find me on Twitter, uh, I'm on Twitter all the time. You can find me at, at MarkJennings55. That's M-A-R-K-J-E-N-N-I-N-G-S-5-5. Find me there. Find me on email. I love hearing from you guys. I love answering your questions. And uh, I'm ready to answer some fantastic questions this week, Drew. It's been a long time since we had a podcast. I'm sure we've got some great ones. All right. And we don't talk about Auburn much on the podcast anymore, but we still have several Auburn fans that listen to us whenever we come on the air. Cedric Asher tweets at Mark Jennings 55, or actually tweeted this at me, but says the question for Mark is, do you know who the replacement will be for Stephen Leith over at Auburn? Thanks for your involvement in getting him removed and for being the best in the biz. He's talking about the university president who uh, Auburn announced they had parted ways late last Friday night. Well, first off, I had nothing to do with him getting ousted. Frankly, I thought it was uh, it was pretty disgusting the way everyone handled that situation. I think Stephen Leith would have been a fantastic president for Auburn had he uh, been given the right opportunity. Uh, but there are people holding that university back uh, behind the scenes, pulling the uh, pulling the strings, if you will. Uh, that's difficult. So that's difficult for uh, that's difficult for him. And he he'll be fine. He's a fantastic administrator. He'll land on his feet really quickly. So I had nothing to do with him getting removed. Uh, as for uh, who should take over, uh, my thoughts are you want to find some guys with experience. Um, you want to find some people who have been in the position before uh, and really ready to take on that public role and, and lead your university into the next uh, decade. Uh, first first guy that comes to my mind I'm talking about, uh, is Ken Starr, former president at the University of Baylor, did a fantastic job. Uh, he's available. Uh, other guys uh, – that are available, maybe Jerry Falwell Jr. I think he's ready to go from Liberty uh, to Auburn. It's because of the culture at Liberty, the similar culture they have at Auburn. I think that'd be a pretty good fit. So uh, lots of possibilities out there, Drew. Uh, I'm disappointed for uh, Dr. Leith. I think that he uh, he would have done a great job, but uh, that's disappointing. But Ken Starr would be my first choice. All right. Hughes Hancock at Hughes underscore Hancock one. Mark, do you have enough zookeeping experience to, ter- to determine the safety of the python? Uh, apparently, there's that 15-foot python that's on the loose in Tuscaloosa. And today, Tuscaloosa police announced they have suspended the search for the python. Uh, uh, zookeeping is one area where I don't have a lot of experience. But I've been talking to somebody who does have a lot of experience in that area and knows all about it. Of course, I'm talking about uh, Kip Tyner. I've been in touch with Kip Tyner over the past week with the python being loose and uh, been back and forth with him, and and uh, they called off the search. So I have a hundred percent faith that everything is safe by now, and nobody has anything to worry about 
uh, with the Python. Uh, I don't think my friend Kip Tyner relies to me about that. So I feel good about that, Drew. And, 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 and thankfully, I believe everybody's safe now. All right. <clears throat> Chicago Gump, Griffin T. Smith on Twitter. Do you have a preferred way of minimizing mosquitoes for backyard barbecues? Uh, Griffin says he has used citronella candles, but those aren't always effective. Do you have any other suggestions so he can enjoy the outdoors? Well, let me tell you what I do, Drew. I, I, I don't use citronella candles. I think they are a subpar methods to rid yourself of mosquitoes. Uh, what I like to do, I got a little chimney. It's like a portable chimney, and I load it up with pinion wood, and I light the pinion wood on fire, and it burns the chimney, and, and the smoke goes through. Uh, the fragrance of the wood. Uh, really repels the mosquitoes, uh, and so that turns them away. My preferred method is you got to get to the mosquitoes before they're even born. And so what I do is you got mosquitoes. You have to understand when a male mosquito and a female mosquito procreate once, the female can let, can can release a hundred eggs every third day for two weeks. So she can release five hundred eggs just from one procreation session. So what you got to do is you got to kill those before they're born. So the way to do this is realize that the mosquitoes, uh, the larvae, are going to be in standing water. So you got some standing water in your backyard. Maybe it rained. Maybe you got a gutter. Maybe in something like a, maybe those tire swings or something in your backyard. That's where you're going to be. So what you got to do is for every cup of standing water that you find, you got to take three or four tablespoons of coffee grounds and pour them in the standing water. And what happens is it deprives those larvae of oxygen because something with the, the nitrogen in the coffee grounds or something, I don't know, I'm not a scientist, it ended up killing all the larvae. So the mosquitoes cannot get hatched and bug you. So that's what I do. And I, I haven't had mosquito problems in forever in my backyard, Drew. And, and as you know, uh, because of my wealth, my backyard is humongous. It's really big and there are no mosquito problems there. So uh, the best way, uh, a temporary solution to chimenea, but to really get to it, you got to put the coffee grounds. Any coffee grounds will do. Just go to the local store, buy the cheapest, cheapest one you can, cheapest can, and put the coffee grounds into the standing water. And that way the larvae uh, will be killed before they even hatch. Yeah, and you don't have any mosquito problems on your golf course either, do you? No, I don't, Drew, for, for, many, for many reasons because of the same, some, same reasons, basically. Uh, I do the same things on the golf course and, and don't have any issue there either. All right. Our last question comes from Drew Smalley. Mark, I've recently landed myself a girlfriend. As a man who knows how to romance a woman, can you give me some good dates, good ideas for good dates so I can take my lady on in Metro Birmingham? Well, Drew, thank you for your, uh, your question, and congratulations on getting a girlfriend. Uh, my only advice to you will be not to set the bar too high. What you're going to want to do at the beginning is take her to nice places every time you go out. And I'm telling you, that's a bad idea. You know, uh, there's nothing wrong with taking her to a subway every once in a while, or maybe a Jimmy John's, or I don't know, uh, what, what subway, subway place you prefer, but somewhere that's not too nice. You know, taking a Friday night, take her to, you know, take her to subway on a Friday night. That's not a problem with that. So, if she loves you, uh, then she's not going to mind going to Subway. So don't do, some, don't do something stupid like taking her somewhere night, nice every week. Don't take her to Olive Garden every week. That's too nice. Make that a special occasion. Maybe an anniversary, go to Olive Garden. So uh, that's the only advice I have is don't, don't set her expectations too high. All right. That's some great advice from the best in the business. 
And that will wrap up this edition of the Champs Corner podcast. Uh, it was really big, big news here with the alcohol-infused dipping Dots. Can't wait to hear more about that as we get closer to the start of the season. Mark Jennings, thank you so much for joining us. Drew, as always, is a fantastic experience. Uh, we are only about uh, 10 weeks away from football season. I think a little less than that. So uh, I am so excited for it. I'm ready for it to get here, Drew, and I know you are too. All right. Yeah, please leave us a uh, – you know, tweet at Mark Jennings 55 if you have any podcast ideas or questions to be answered late uh, later. Subscribe on Apple, Google, anywhere. Leave us a review. Leave us a rating. And until next time, we will talk to you guys later. 